super happy to uh, welcome Madison to the third episode of the Think Data podcast. Um, Madison is, well, three things currently, analytics engineer, technical writer, and the author of the Learn Analytics Engineering newsletter. Um, Madison broke into data engineering around about four years back, um, and actually someone that I have looked at kind of in terms of career trajectory, and someone I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening will be really interested to hear from. So yeah, Madison, it's fantastic to have you aboard, and uh, would you mind giving us a quick introduction to your background and kind of how you got to where you are now? Yeah, happy to be here. So. Uh, I went to school for mathematical finance and marketing. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I liked numbers and I also was super creative um, and really interested in the marketing side of things. And then I was actually interning at a fashion company and someone introduced me to data science. And that's kind of how I was even, I learned about the data field um, and even considered it as something that I might want to do. And after that, I kind of like launched myself into the data science world and um, started teaching myself skills to like Python and R. I took some data visualization classes at school. Um, and I went to a lot of tech events that would really just kind of expose me to the industry and see if it was something that I really wanted to do. And then I was actually at a hackathon and I was recruited by Capital One to join their CODA program, which they basically train people with like untraditional backgrounds um, in data engineering. And then after that, um, I transitioned into a data engineering role at Capital One for two years. And then I really wanted to be exposed to more of the business side of things because I do have that creativity and I've always been very entrepreneurial and I just wanted something a little bit more than the super technical stuff I was doing as a data engineer. And that's how I found analytics engineering. And I've been an analytics engineer at Wink for about a year and a half now. Um, And I just decided to write about what I was learning um, and put it out into the world for other people to see. And I found that there was a lack of like easy to understand tech content. I think the tech content that out, was out there was super intimidating and kind of hard to understand for someone that you know doesn't have the traditional computer science background. Um, so I wanted to help make other people's lives easier and kind of help people that were in the same position as me break into the industry. So that's why I started writing. Awesome. And I know we, we spoke about this previously, but your your passion and your kind of creativeness comes from that kind of writing. And then you've obviously brought the two together. And in terms of the audience who are kind of interacting with your content, interacting with your with your posts, you know, what kind of backgrounds do they typically have? Are they those people that are trying to break into the space or they're kind of more seasoned engineers who are just looking for some kind of, as you say, some more uh, palatable content or, you know, what is the kind of typical demographic you're seeing? Yeah, I would say it's a good mix of both. Definitely people that are more interested in transitioning and learning new skills and how to get that um, same experience, I guess, that I did, but then also definitely more like veterans in the field that are kind of just interested in seeing things from a new perspective. And even people that, you know, have been in the data industry for like 20, 30 years, obviously they've seen it, they've seen it evolve in a whole different way. Um, And like 
learning about the new tools that exist from someone like me. Interesting. Yeah. And obviously you've, uh, you're in the real sweet spot of one of the fastest growing spaces, certainly from our side as a kind of recruiter in analytics in North America. Um, analytics engineering seems to be that real, what's the buzzword at the moment? What would you kind of put that down to? Um, and obviously, the, A, the rise in popularity, but equally the rise in demand for analytics engineers that we've really seen happen over the last probably 18 to 24 months. It's really boomed. What do you put that down to? So I think there's a few different things. Um, I think first, data engineering has just become such like a broad umbrella term that there's so many different mm. types of data engineers and it's kind of hard to, you know, put that on like a job title and to know exactly what it means. Like you really have to dissect like the individual skills and the technologies required. So I think analytics engineering kind of really branched off of that um, and better defining like a specific type of data engineer. Um, and then also just like the need to bridge the gap between business and technical teams. I feel like that's been a real pain point um, because it's hard to find people that have both of those skills. Um, you either hire for one or the other, at least that's mm -hmm. how it was with like big corporations like Capital One. Um, but then more of these startups are like starting to recognize that they kind of need people with um, both of those skills and they'll get more bang for their buck by hiring yeah. an analytics engineer that has like a little bit of both rather than one that is like super technical or someone that is super involved with the business side of things. And then also DBT, the, with the rise of popularity of DBT, they're the ones that really created the term analytics engineer. Um, so as they continue to grow and more people use their tool, I think the, the role definitely gets more and more popular. I've definitely seen that. I think when well, they originally Fishtown, I think when they well, a few years ago came onto the market and that whole scene exploded and you probably are part of, but there's a, there's a Slack community. And I think what they've really driven is that community led initiative. I think there's 65,000 people on that channel alone, just collaborating, talking about the various conferences, the technology innovation. So yeah, it's amazing. They've affected such change in, in a market. And I guess the question is probably to be posed about what does this mean to the data engineers? Because obviously you're right. You obviously have the data engineer who are the more kind of the heavy lifting, the ETR, the pipeline side, the real kind of more technical side of mm -hmm. analytics. Uh, but now there's that transition and expectation to people needing to be able to speak to stakeholders and look at the insights and actually derive some value from that data. So what happens now to the data engineers in your eyes? Where do you see this kind of uh, shift kind of ending? Where wh wh What happens next, do you think? Yeah, I feel like there's still a need for both data engineers and analytics engineers. So it's really just about them being better defined, which I think is good for people looking for uh, different roles because it was so difficult, at least like when I was applying for jobs, like I really didn't know which one to turn to. And I like really had to read over every job description to understand if it would be a good fit. Um, but I feel like data engineers will continue, I guess, leaning more towards software engineers rather than like analytics so like building apis utilizing python um like cloud infrastructure maybe even like more devops types roles because i feel like mm. they're 
um, really popular. And that's what I did for my first year at Capital One. So that was like mainly all my data engineering um, experience. But yeah, I think they'll just split more, I guess, um, into like more defined careers. And it's interesting your point earlier about, you know, the opportunities now for that kind of maybe more curious data engineer to transition into an analytics engineering role. That's obviously an opportunity they previously wouldn't have had. So on your point earlier, I guess that's uh, that's a great development of the space because they can actually say, well, actually, I can get more involved in the business rather than getting away from the technical side mm -hmm. completely, which is obviously their concern. Mm -hmm. They can obviously wear multiple hats. So do you think it boils down to, from your experience, the organization's appetite to have the two or do you, th do, you, do you think the two can kind of coexist quite quite happily or do you think the organization that sometimes creates a bit of a headache for them i think they definitely can coexist i think it depends on what the company wants and like i guess how much work there is and how fast you're innovating and like whether you're using pre-built tools or you're building the tools yourself um yeah i think it, it would be interesting because I haven't really like worked on a team. It's literally just me and a data analyst on our data team currently. And then the team that I used to work on was just like data engineering team and like the data analysts were completely separate. So I think it would be interesting to see, um, I guess, a company where they bridge the gap. But I feel like they definitely do exist. And there's even like whole analytics engineering teams with like five to ten people which i think is super cool absolutely i've certainly seen there's uh you know organizations are being a bit more open to kind of you know that kind of classic years of experience as the kind of steer of someone's competency to saying actually have they you know picked up dbt have they learned or worked within the orchestration tools are they are they kind of you know are they that curious mind are they technically strong enough so i think it's uh yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this space over the next kind of 12, 18 months mm -hmm. kind of develops, really. Uh, from Obviously, you've come from that kind of, you know, you obviously maths education. You, you obviously went into data engineering very early on. Um, but for those data analysts who are, you know, like a classic kind of SQL, maybe some Python, maybe some statistics, and they're really excited by the analytics engineering kind of uh, career path what, what advice do you have to them because I know you you regularly post about this in terms of some of the uh, kind of the things they can do to try and transition what, what would you say your top tips are to those kind of classic data analysts who really wants to become an analytics engineer so the first thing I would say is definitely perfect your SQL I think a lot of people use SQL every day, but maybe they don't actually actively work on improving how they're coding, like using window functions, using CTEs, getting rid of subqueries, like just like little tweaks that makes your code so much better. I think that's definitely important because you're probably going to have a SQL technical interview. Um, so if you can really shine through there, I think maybe a hiring manager would be like willing to give you a chance on some of the other things. Um, but I also recommend learning DBT because they are the ones that created the term analytics engineer. I think when those companies are hiring, they're typically hiring for an analytics engineer with DBT in mind because that's something that they want to use. And DBT has a bunch of free courses online that they created. So you can literally like learn the fundamentals, how to create macros, 
um, how to test Interesting. for free um, and they'll like walk you through an actual project. So those are super helpful. Um, I know they also have a certification now. I don't think you necessarily have to get the certification in order to get a job, but if you know DBT and you have like an actual project that you've built um, and you can showcase that to a company, I think that's super powerful. That was honestly like my only experience was SQL and okay. DBT before I got my role. I think when I was hired, um, they just understood how much I like really wanted to learn and how interested I was. Um, and like, if you show you're familiar with the tools, um, I definitely think it helps to test them out um like i guess a warehousing tool an ingestion tool uh dbt for transformation and then some type of orchestration tool if you can show that you have experience using at least one tool in each of those areas that's definitely super powerful um and you can get pretty much free trials of anything so like snowflake airbyte prefix they all have free trials that you can kind of put together some kind of project or a pipeline just to say that you've done that um, and illustrate that with a hiring manager. And, but yeah, I think like showcasing how much you're willing to learn is super powerful too. Cause I know that's what I did. That's interesting. Yeah. I think some people maybe don't think about all the free platforms. I think, wow. you know, you, probably you can relate to this there's so many platforms so many resources out there that unfortunately it becomes almost a bit uh a bit unclear which one's right but you're kind of going actually to the tool themselves downloading a free version mm -hmm. i was speaking to someone last week about the you know tableau for example you know download play with it um you know mock up some visualizations and actually show on your resume i've actually got some experience of doing this in a non-commercial sense and i guess you obviously joined your company as the first analytics engineer um what what do potential candidates who are joining companies who are making their first analytics engineering hire need to be mindful of? And I, I suppose the question's posed more around companies know they need them, but sometimes the resources and support aren't necessarily there for them to progress as an engineer. You know? So what, what kind of do candidates need to be mindful of when they're joining organizations as the first engineer? Yeah, I guess definitely your willingness to learn, like, you're not going to have anyone to teach you or like show you the right way. Usually you have mm. to figure it out on your own. I know that was something I personally really enjoyed because I didn't, I don't know. I feel like you can take the easy way out when you have someone else to show you the ropes. Um, but when you're like really the only one that's there to figure it out, like you're forced to push through the struggle and like really get a deeper understanding. Um, Luckily, there's like tons of Slack channels where people are willing to help out, like the DBT Slack channel or Prefix. Um, but yeah, I think you need to kind of keep that in mind that you're not going to really have a mentor within your company necessarily, like more so external resources like data bloggers on LinkedIn or people on Medium. Like I know that's what I always turn to and still turn to when um, I have a problem that I don't know how to solve or I need advice doing something. Um, and also, I guess if you're like going into a startup, consider like, I guess how much organization you need to get your work done or like whether things are slow or fast moving. For me, like I kind of thrive, I guess, on more unstructured work. So I didn't mind that because I could kind of like 
figure out what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it um, and like figure out the pieces myself. Whereas coming from the data engineering world, like things are super structured with um, like your tickets on Jira and your sprint planning and figure, like everything is just kind of right now to a T, whereas I definitely had more freedom being the first hire um, as an analytics engineer. It's a good point, isn't it? I think um, what I'm getting from you and equally from other people we've had on the podcast is about in this market that is growing and is new, it's about that proactive mindset, isn't it, of someone who's going to come in and learn themselves, but feel supported and feel they're joining a business who fundamentally are invested in this area, but equally aren't going to be expecting hours of shadowing. And, you know, it's actually going to be down to you go and find the resources. You know, Medium, as you, as you rightly say, is a great platform. Obviously, all the various channels out there. So in terms of kind of people joining more established teams then, so where there are, is that more kind of analytics engineering structure? Where does the kind of, where do you think the analytics engineering role leads to? Because obviously we've now got this term deemed obviously by DBT and previously Fishtown of analytics engineer. But where do you see this kind of role progressing to over the next couple of years? Because obviously there'll be a natural evolution, I guess. But where do you see the analytics engineering position developing to? Yeah, that's a hard one. I'm still honestly trying to figure that out. Because <laughs> um, especially personally, I like being like an individual contributor. So I don't mind, but I think it is harder for people that maybe are like working at a smaller company and eventually want to go into a management role. Um, I think that's a little bit more difficult just because these smaller companies yet don't have like large teams of analytics engineers for you to necessarily manage yet. Um, but I do think in terms of just the role evolving, it's just gonna, I think it's more so leading towards like data quality is becoming a huge thing mm. um, in the space. And I think there's going to be a large emphasis on that um, as analytics engineers, just because I mean, they already own like ingestion to orchestration, but um, not just like those individual steps, really ensuring that the quality that they're bringing to the warehouse and to the business team is really like up to par. Be interesting when I to see kind of, because who would have thought two years ago would be here with this position? I know previously when I started recruiting analysts, a data scientist is effectively back then is, is now a data analyst, you know, I, I, you know, now they'll have to be pushing more into kind of machine learning. They have to be much more advanced than your quintessential, you know, data analyst back then, which was, which was a, which called themselves a data scientist. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And I, you know, a lot of people listening um, and we speak to regularly are trying to break into data. So it's still obviously an amazing space. And we're, we're regularly asked kind of, what can I do? You know, what, what advice would you give them to trying to a break into data as a maybe a fully fledged graduate or just someone straight out of college, um, and then beyond that, securing their role? You know, what advice can you offer those guys? Definitely make yourself stand out and go the extra step. I think that was something that I guess I've always done since I was younger. If I saw a role that I wanted, I would find like a unique way to get in touch with the hiring manager or message someone on LinkedIn. And I think that's really what helped me get the role at Wink too, is that I messaged all like the 
HR and data people on the team, like talking about how much. Oh, wow. Role. Okay. <laughs> and I think that's that, proactive. Yeah. That goes a long way. Like you'd be surprised. I think when you're just, you know, a name on a resume, people don't really, you know, they have no kind of connection or attachment to you, but like actually messaging them and, you know, telling them what you can offer and that you're like really interested in the role. I think it goes a long way. I know. Um, that means a lot when I see people do that for me. Um, and just like, remember that people want to hire someone that they like, and that's easy to work with. Um, Mm. and I think a lot of people don't like, are afraid to show their personalities on job interviews or just like have a normal conversation because they're so nervous before going into like a technical interview or something. But I think it really does. You have your you have your kind of interview mode, don't you? Then work yeah. mode, and we always find it funny when we interview and they, the line manager say, "Oh, they, they, they didn't come across like you told me they did." And we thought, "Oh, they're obviously a bit more relaxed with us, or vice versa." So you're saying it's a personality needs to come through. Yes, technical skills are, mm-hmm. you know, it can be trained, but if they haven't got the fundamental personality and they don't get on with that hiring manager, it's going to make it so much harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like at the end of the day, everyone wants to work with someone that they like. Um, and, you know, I don't think like one extra little technical skill is going to make you stand out that much more than like if you're easy to work with, you take criticism well, stuff like that. Um, I think, like one thing I noticed when we were hiring people is um, a lot of people like going through the technical interviews and like the SQL screenings, they won't talk through what they're doing. And I think it goes a really long way to explain like why you're doing something um, and talk through your thought process, because then you can kind of the hiring manager or whoever's leading you through the interview can see like, again, how good you are at taking advice or like being led a certain way. Um, and I think that makes a big difference too. Yeah, it's, it's huge. I think uh, all the kind of technical skills in the world can't, you know, if you're lacking that kind of personable, curious mind, then yeah, it's unlikely they can secure that dream role. And I, you know, I know we, we touched on this earlier, but unfortunately um for a lot of people is they do fall down and typically it'll be at the latter stage technically and there's so many platforms out there um for people to try and kind of learn or develop their own programming skills as you as you alluded to earlier sql is a given obviously python would need to be pretty strong but from your experience what platforms and resources out there would you say people should look at for them to a showcase their skills but equally kind of develop and hone their skills you touched on the free platforms but in terms of the you know some people talk about kaggle some people talk about some of these other well-known platforms but from your experience are there any ones that kind of stand out or, or resources specifically yeah i don't know as much platforms to showcase your work personally i've never really used kaggle or even github on my resume i think while having projects are good, I think people more so care about the results of those projects. So even if you just like share the result of that project on your resume, that can be really effective because at the end of the day, I don't know how many people are really going to be looking through every line of code, but like for analytics engineers specifically, like they care about the result that you're getting for the business. So if you can do a project and then communicate that somehow on your resume, like using specific numbers or statistics, um, that goes really far. But then also I think just like putting yourself out there online and like sharing what you're learning and doing is also super powerful. Like 
you don't have to be writing on LinkedIn with the goal to be like a LinkedIn influencer or anything, but it's like <laughs> sharing if you learn something new or if you like have been practicing in SQL, I think like you never know what opportunities are going to come from it. Um, and that can be super powerful. Or even if you want to give writing on Medium a shot, um, you'd be surprised how many people would find you. That definitely makes people stick out. Um, but also like the Slack channels uh, are really helpful. You can post your information in there, share your resume, even share your projects. You never know whose attention that might grab. And just following like different data bloggers on LinkedIn, I learned so much. Um, I should always share what I learned with other people and like newsletters on Substack, like mine, there's so many other data people that write about a lot of cool things that you can learn so much from. And same with Medium articles. Medium articles helped me so much. It's interesting because I think you, you touched on a, valid, a, a point I've seen develop over the last kind of certainly last couple of years is managers and companies being more present on these platforms. So LinkedIn's obviously the standout one here, but I've seen a lot of uh, hiring managers posting their own content and genuinely engaging with their network, which back in five, 10 years ago, you know, that's kind of alien territory for them. Do, what do you put that down to? Do you, you know, cause I see it from a, a talent standpoint that they're effectively trying to promote themselves as their own kind of mini brand that people will engage with them. So it, it helps them potentially hire. But it, would you say you, you kind of agree with that? Or do you think there's another reason kind of companies and managers are now so much more present on these platforms? Yeah, I think they're also trying to learn and stay up to date with what's out there. I think if you're mm. LinkedIn's kind of the place for, you know, seeing what else other people in the data world are doing, you know, who they're hiring, what tools they're using. Um, yeah, and I, I feel like people just like that community aspect. And if you like truly love what you're doing and are really interested in the data, um, then I guess you kind of want to share that with others and be involved in that community community especially when you're working at a smaller company you kind of crave that just because there's not a lot of data people at all for you to talk to <laughs> there's no community um, yeah <laughs> so it's nice to to learn from others and see what they're doing on linkedin yeah no, I've, I've certainly seen that change and obviously the power of linkedin is uh, is there for everyone to be seen but you, you you touched on medium there is that i know that you're a regular contributor on medium is that just a more a better content platform for the more technical community or is that just why medium versus the other ones yeah i think so i i've just found a lot of helpful content on medium i feel like there's kind of a low barrier to entry where anyone can really post what they want um there's just like a lot of tutorials uh up-to-date content yeah, I don't know why like Medium became this tech hub, but they just have yeah. really great technical content and specifically towards data science um, as a publication I try to publish with a lot. And they just always have like super interesting content. Well, I think what you do well, obviously as someone who follows you on that is personalize yourself. So what I mean by that is, is you know, people actually can relate to Madison, you know, and actually beyond that, you share a bit about your personal life and your other passions. And I think mm -hmm. if people can kind of let people in more uh, and kind of uh, open themselves up more than actually managers, if, if manager does check medium, you know, most managers, companies we know do check, check 
check socials. Um, so actually having good content out there, pointing them towards your profile. So this is a bit about me, actually. I think that does, especially in this kind of post-COVID world where everyone's remote, it kind of breaks down that barrier. Would you kind of would you kind of agree? I know, I know you might not necessarily be doing it for that purpose, but mm -hmm. I think from my side looking in, it certainly helps see, oh, that's Madison. I, I, get, I, I will feel like I already know her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You're not just looking at someone in the data world and thinking, oh, like, this is just the data engineer. You're actually like showing different sides of yourself and your personality like you would if you were in like an office setting. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I think to kind of summarize from our side and what we've what we've seen a lot is we get hundreds of applications, hundreds of resumes of people that seem great on paper but actually fundamentally are lacking that kind of uh, proactiveness that you know they're, they're more focused on you know what the comp is as opposed to the opportunity so do you kind of as more people pour into this space um how do you see that kind of developing over time because i, I guess there's more people now coming in as analysts they want to be analytics engineers what do you think will happen because companies can only hire so many people i guess so do you see organizations you know opening up their i suppose roles they're a bit broader and then specializing people come on board or do you think you know do you think there's gonna be more people at the top of the funnel just still struggling to get into this space because obviously the market is the market at the moment. How, how do you see that kind of changing yeah i feel like it'll probably take the pattern of all the other careers like data analysts became oversaturated data scientists as long as i guess companies are hiring as many analytics as engineers as they are these other roles. I'm sure it's going to just become more competitive, unfortunately, but that's why I think it's so important to do something to make yourself stand out. Like I mentioned, just messaging someone mm. then because you are showing that you're actually interested in the role and you're just not like mass applying and sending your resumes to different companies. I think it's a super probably a great point to kind of end as well on being proactive, trying to stand out because the market is the market and the market now may be the market in the next four or five years. But if you are proactive, you're tailoring that message and actually saying, I'd love to work for you because of your your mission. You're, you're, you're right. You get so many resumes. You can tell they're just blanketed it to hundreds of people. Um, and on the receiving end as a hiring manager, if you've taken the chance to look at my profile and say, I love that content you put out there. Um, I think we could we'd love to have a chat. I think that will certainly help. I think it's really, really interesting. I, you know, I'm super appreciative of your time. And you know, from my side, it's been obviously a pleasure to kind of chat to you. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Madison. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thanks so, so much.